Some questions this morning. Questions about the choiceless attention practice. Could one do the practice with eyes open? Yes. Are there better conditions for utilizing this particular practice? That is, when the mind is already calm, stable, versus when one may rather use noting. So I'll say a little bit more about doing the practice with with eyes open. Um, For those of us who are sighted, the visual field is a pretty strong area of uh, attention. And so it can be helpful, especially if you're newer to choiceless awareness to play for some periods of time with the eyes closed so that you begin to get familiar with the different kinds of sensations without the sight being so overwhelming. And so, um, you know, with the eyes closed, you can begin to really touch into hearing, body sensations, mind states, thoughts, moods, maybe smells at times, rarely tastes in the hall, but occasionally even. Um, And then you could play a little bit with what happens when you open your eyes. Often it, it, uh, it can feel at times, like when you open your eyes, that the physical senses almost recede because our attention is so strongly drawn to the visual field. And yet it's a very helpful practice. You know, we, we, walk, we walk around with our eyes open most of the time, I hope. <laughs> um, and if we think that we cannot be mindful of seeing, of what's going on in the visual field. There's a whole chunk of our lives that's out of, out of play. And so um, the practice of exploring being mindful with our eyes open and also not just being aware of seeing in that time, that the, the, the mind can um, begin to recognize that there are things being seen and then how the... the um, the mind and body are responding to what's being seen. There can be a sense of seeing something and then feeling something and hearing something. And so we can play. We can play with the exploration of choiceless attention with the eyes open and be curious about that shift of attention. You know, when does the attention shift to something in the visual field? When does it shift to something in hearing? When does it shift to a body sensation? When to an emotion? And are there better times for using the open awareness practice? The choiceless attention practice, open awareness, receptive awareness, many different uh, ways to describe this kind of practice. Um, 
is a practice that the aim of the practice is to support a stabilizing of mindfulness which allows us to begin to see the impermanent, unreliable, not-self nature of experience. The noting practice is a, a meditative practice that supports a stabilizing of mindfulness that allows us to start seeing the impermanent, unreliable, not-self nature of experience. Ultimately, they're not different in that fundamental way. What the purpose of them is, is to establish mindfulness so that wisdom can grow. The choice of when um, one might choose one practice over another is very individual. For some minds, it seems easier to stabilize the attention on one particular experience and then open up to more broad experience. If the mind, if that particular kind of mind is scattered, it can be helpful to let the attention land with one thing. Other minds, mine included, uh, which I discovered quite far into my meditation practice, settle more easily with open awareness practice. And that is where the mind can really relax and then come into stabilizing with one object. There's no one right way. What you need to do is explore what works for you, what works for you. Be curious about, it's like, well, we're running scientific experiments here. Let's see what happens if we try choiceless awareness practice when the mind is scattered. Oh, scattered mind, that's what's being known. Oh, that can, oh, I can relax just knowing the mind is kind of popping all over the place. As opposed to when the mind is scattered, trying to hold the mind somewhere. That, for me, was really challenging. It was easier to be with knowing the kind of the, the scatteredness. For others, it's just the other way. So just explore, get curious about what works in your own practice. Is there an ideal size area for the attentional field when focusing on sense objects in the body? Sometimes there's a patch of pressure six inches in diameter. Sometimes a pushing sensation the size of a dime. Are all scopes equal? Or are we aiming to have a certain sized lens for cultivating wisdom? First I want to say it's great that you've noticed that there's this different kind of size for the attentional field. Um, This is a capacity of our minds. Right now, for instance, uh, putting your attention in your thumb, letting your attention rest with those sensations. Just in the thumb. I mean, you, you don't have to try to push away other sensations, but let that be the main like a thumb-sized attentional field right now. Sensations of vibration, coolness, pulsing perhaps, stiffness maybe. And now, 
seeing if you can allow the attentional field to expand to include the whole hand. And the sensations there. Perhaps there's a little less precision in what you know about the thumb, but you know something else about the entirety of the hand. And then it is possible, although not something we have as much familiarity with, maybe you can begin to expand that attention to include your hand plus your arm up to your elbow. Maybe you can expand the attention to include the entirety of your body. Different, perhaps, sense of vibrational energy in the entirety of the body than is felt in the thumb. This is very similar to one thing I mentioned the other day, kind of the difference between in the visual field at night looking out at the stars uh, and the sky, the night sky, you know, looking at the moon, for instance. You can precisely and directly look at the moon and know something about what the moon looks like, where it is in relationship to other things, perhaps. And, And then you might notice some stars Notice the difference between planets and stars, and you, you know, learn something about things by looking at them in this way. And then there's the Milky Way, which is a completely different kind of experience, different sensation of like uh, a wash of, of experience. And we can learn something about that more, perhaps looking at the wash than we can by trying to narrow down on a small piece of it. And then there's the vastness of the, the, the velvety blackness of the night sky that also can be taken in. And something different to be learned there. And so the... Uh, The exploration, I mean, often I think we might, uh, maybe what I could say is that often we first get a sense of maybe a continuous kind of awareness that begins to reveal certain aspects of impermanent, unreliable, uncontrollable, not self. And then we might think that's what, that's where we find those insights with that kind of attention, that maybe preciseness of attention. And those kinds of insights can be found with preciseness of attention. They can also be found in the broad attention. And what what I'd say is that if you are uh, preferring one kind of attention over another, and the mind will switch between these, I'd say there's less familiarity with the broader attention than with the focused attention. Our uh, training in our lives from the time we're quite young seems to be this more focused attention, smaller. And, and, And I'd say, you know, something roughly the size of the hand, that seems to be easy for us to do. 
Not surprising in some ways. Six inches across, that's what somebody mentioned in this question. Roughly the size of the hand. And yet our minds have this capacity to expand beyond that, to know broader experience than that. And if you are limiting your kind of uh, way of practicing to particular dime-sized or hand-sized experience, there's a limitation of uh, ways to learn, we could say. It feels like enough about that. So, Young will be sitting in with Winnie today. And then um, the question also came in about... um, our other assistant who was listed on the on the uh, description of the retreat and uh, young will be with us for a little more than a week more than a week next till the middle of next week and Carl Carl I will be arriving then uh, we probably should have mentioned that at the beginning so she is going to be arriving we've been in communication with her <laughs> 